Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Not really, honestly. It, with Derek, it doesn't surprise me. Dude's extremely accurate, man. He he doesn't miss too many throws. He usually it only takes him a couple of times, and he's he's on the money, man. So that's a guy you know. I, you can put a lot of trust in his arm. That is the voice of Raiders second-year wide receiver Brian Edwards speaking today uh, out at the uh, club's facility in Henderson after day six, I think it was of uh, training camp, and uh, to say that Brian Edwards has been opening eyes throughout camp, it's a bit of an understatement. Um, Today was a a great day for him. Yesterday was a big day for him. Uh, Henry Ruggs as well. I think it helps a little bit uh, that the top dog, Darren Waller, uh, has been sidelined the last couple of days. Um, Obviously, the Raiders want their star tight end back ASAP. But in the meantime, um, it, 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 it gives space now an opportunity now for some of these young guys uh, to state their case a little bit more because 83 isn't, um, you know, in the picture. And so obviously Derek Carr has to throw the ball to somebody and he's finding a groove now, right now uh, with Brian Edwards and and Henry Ruggs. And, you know, let's preface this by also saying there's been some really good coverage as well from this Raiders uh, secondary and this Raiders defense in general. So it's not like, they're just running past guys or wide open, and you know Derek Carr is making an easy throw uh, to either Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs. In contrast, or on the contrary, it's actually there's been some contested balls that both of those guys have gone up and gotten uh, over defenders that are defending them really well and capably. So they're just making good plays, and you have to tip your cap to that. Just as sometimes you got to tip your cap to the defensive backs if they make a nice play uh, on the ball. So it's literally, and I'm not just saying this, I mean, obviously there's times where guys are wide open. There's times where the defensive backs uh, are making great plays. We saw that from Trayvon Morag today, uh, making a nice read um, and, uh, and and swatting a ball away against uh, Hunter Renfro on a, on a really nice read, a really nice play. Um, so, you know, that one went to him. But... Because, you know, when we're talking about some of these young wide receivers making plays, don't just assume, well, this Raider defense has been bad, so it's just them making uncontested catches. It's not. And that's the bright side uh, of what we're talking about. Talking about, By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It is a Wednesday. Again, got to keep my days straight. Tomorrow's the day off. So tomorrow's like, you know, everyone else is Saturday. So it's almost like Friday right now, even though we come right back to work on, on Friday. Uh, but... Uh, a nice day off uh, right in the middle of the week for the Raiders uh, after two days of practicing. And, and, you know, I have to say this. It's been hot out there. It really has been scorching these last couple of days. I think we're getting into the 110s these last couple of days and, and throughout this week. Uh, it's not always that hot. But today and yesterday, you really felt it a little bit. So uh, kudos and tip of the cap to the Raiders and their coaching staff and the staff members and everybody else for getting that work in in some pretty – Intense heat, uh, and but I'm not seeing any, 
you know, uh, anyone shying away from it, anyone making any excuses about it. Uh, I see a bunch of guys that are getting out on that field at 730 in the morning uh, and getting right to work. And uh, in particular, today, um, you know, you, you saw what Brian Edwards is now uh, able to do. And talking to Derek Carr, and I asked Derek Carr uh, today about, you know, the, the connection that they're making. And he brought up again, this is the second time uh, in the last two years that he brought up this reference, and that was Devontae Adams, his teammate from uh, Fresno State. And and kind of it, an interesting way that, that that whole relationship came about just to kind of set the whole thing up. Uh, I guess Derek was his sophomore year, might have been his sophomore year at Fresno State. In any, in any event, he was uh, maybe like a year ahead of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, I looked this up, was a two-star recruit coming out of Palo Alto, California. So nothing of any real significance necessarily. Like he wasn't like some hot shot recruit. In fact, his freshman year, he redshirted. And so, you know, if you've if you've ever been in a in a football situation, especially in college, uh the the it, as a redshirt, you you know, you're not playing. So even in but you're practicing for sure, you're out there getting your work in. You're out actually getting there, uh, you know, practicing. But it's almost pointless to, you know, if you're the quarterback or whoever else, uh, and in particular the quarterback, uh, to look his way during, during, you know, uh, install or or as the week leads on to, toward the game, because that player is not going to be part of the actual game. He's not going to dress out. He might not even be at the stadium if it's a road game. But Derek Carr. You know, uh, or, or Devontae Adams had caught and had caught De- uh, David Derek Carr's uh, attention so much that even as the year went on and Devontae Adams was still a redshirt freshman during practice, Carr would just look his way and 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 make that connection. It was kind of the same thing last year uh, when Brian Edwards was a little bit lower on the uh, on 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 the uh, depth chart. And yet Derek Carr during practice kept looking his way. And here's Derek Carr making that comparison between Devontae Adams, the, the relationship building with Devontae Adams early in their career at Fresno State, and now with Brian Edwards here with the Raiders. You know what? It, um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Devontae um, when he first came into the league, or into the league, to college. And he was redshirting, but I wanted to throw him every pass, even though we were getting ready for games. I'd still throw his rep, you know. And uh, just building that time time on task. It was the same thing with Brian when he wasn't starting. I was still trying to throw his rep, you know, every day in practice. And now I'm seeing that translate. You know, he's running with the ones a lot, as you guys can obviously tell. And um, he's making a lot of plays. Today he would have had another big catch and run up the sideline if the DB didn't hold him, you know. <laughs> but uh, those guys cheat sometimes. But, no, I think, that, I think that the early mornings of working together, there's – you got to put the work in. There's there's no secret around any any job. You have to put the time in. You have to put the work in, just like you guys. I mean, you guys study. You're out there all day. You research and you try your best. You know, and that's same with us. And you know, we do our best. We study. We we work. You got to grind. You know, and you want to be good at something. You got to work hard at it. And he it works extremely hard. I'm very proud of him. You guys know he's very quiet, um, uh, but around around me he's very open. You know, we talk about a lot of things, joke around, all those kind of things. But very fun to throw him the ball. Like you said, he has that. He just got. I've said it before. Like the way Devonte could just move in the air, their their body control is just it's impressive. You know, I I wish I could do that. You know, uh, it'd be nice to be able to catch a football like that. But you know, and I think also you see his strong hands. You know, he'll sometimes he'll catch a ball and he's so strong he doesn't bring it into the body where they can punch it out. He'll just hold it away from him, and uh, not many guys can do that, but he can. 
That is uh, Derek Hart talking about uh, young Brian Edwards, who uh, who just keeps showing up now uh, in practice. And there was a, you know, just some some plays in particular where he used that physicality, he used the strength, he used the height, he used uh, the jumping ability, leaping ability, uh, and and the tremendous cat, catch radius. That guy goes up and gets it. And you know, if you want an extended version of Brian Edwards, go look at his uh, college tape uh, at South Carolina. Here's a guy that was doing it big time uh, in the SEC. He dealt with some injuries in his last year, and that's kind of why, not just uh, during the year, but then in the evaluation process leading up to the draft, uh, there was uh, some physical issues which turned uh, a guy that you know might have been a late first-round pick um, into you know the second-round pick, which is where the Raiders were able to get him. And, you know, I think that they've got a player that, if he keeps moving in the right direction, has a chance to be pretty darn good. Now, John Gruden, you know, brought up uh, Terrell Owens. It's way too early in the game uh, to be start to, to start talking about uh, a player along those terms. But, I mean, John Gruden knows Terrell Owens, so obviously he sees uh, some similarities. And then, you know, uh, on the Internet, there were some people talking about Randy Moss. I'm not – there's nobody – sorry – Sorry, I'm just let's just stop it right there because Randy Moss, uh, when he got into the when he got to the NFL and he got to you know training camp with the Minnesota Vikings, he was literally unstoppable as a rookie and put up some monster seasons right from the get go. So to start talking about him as a Randy Moss who can literally run by you with four whatever speed, could jump over you, uh, could go get the go go get the ball at six foot five. Um, you know, had the best hands, ran the best routes. I mean, that he was he was a Hall of Famer. He's the complete package. Uh, Terrell Owens is tremendous as well, which is why I'd be hesitant, um, you know, to make that comparison. But you know, you're seeing a skill set there. That's the main thing, and that's the main takeaway. You're, you're and you're not only seeing a skill set, but what you're starting to see, at least in practice. And now this is the next step is for it to translate into games. But what you're seeing is some chemistry now. Uh, between Derek Carr and uh, and and Brian Edwards, and also between Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs, and I think that as long as that keeps moving in the right direction, as Q said earlier uh, in his interview with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal, when Derek Carr, when you earn the trust of Derek Carr, and let's be honest and let's be frank, it's on you as a wide receiver to basically earn that trust. You start earning the trust, you're going to get the ball more and more. It goes the other way too. If you fail uh, in your chances, if he goes with you know uh, to you with the ball and you're not making plays, that chance he's going to be he's going to keep coming to you. I know this is a you know keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it. But that dude wants to win games. John Gruden wants to win games. If you're not where you need to be, if you're you know rounding out your 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 route uh, and not in the precise uh, place that you're supposed to be, if you're getting thrown the ball and you're dropping it, if you're getting the ball and you can't come down with both feet with it, if you're you know if it's it, like I said, if you're not where you're supposed to be and he's throwing the ball and it goes for an interception because you weren't where you were supposed to be, it, you don't get too many chances to keep proving yourself. It's good. He's going to go look in another direction. That's just the facts of the matter. He brought it up himself, Derek Carr. If Derek Carr is not making the throw, if he's not putting the ball where it's supposed to be, if he's turning it all over, throwing it all over the yard uh, and not being productive, guess what? John Gruden's going to go find another quarterback. It's what the it's it's the way of the world in the NFL. And so the burden of proof 
is really on the wide receiver, especially when you're a young wide receiver. You got to show that quarterback and that coach, I'm worthy of getting the ball. And at least through practice, first week of practice, week or so of practice in training camp, it's pretty obvious that both of those players, the two young wide receivers, are showing a new level of dependability and skill. And the more you hear Derek Carr talking about it, the more you hear offensive coordinator Greg Olson talking about it, the more you hear John Gruden talking about it, and much more importantly, the more they keep doing it and proving themselves, the more or better the chance will be that come September 13th, they're going to be big parts of the game plan. And as it is, Brian Edwards has been running with the ones. Henry Ruggs has been running with the ones. Hunter Renfro has been running with the ones. That appears to be, as of right now, your starting wide receivers, which that's ideal for the Raiders. And I guarantee you this, too. John Gruden's not going to just put you out there in the starting uh, group if you haven't earned it, unless you've earned it. And it looks like, thus far, those three have. And, um, you know, the fact that Darren Waller hasn't been here the last uh, couple of days, that takes a huge cog uh, of the Raiders' offense out of the equation. So it, uh, almost by um, you know necessity, Derek Carr has to go someplace else with the ball. But that's a good thing. It's, it's good that it's happening right now because the connection, the chemistry um, that he's developing – with the two young young wide receivers, because it's so easy, you know, when Darren Waller is out there to get the ball to 83. Why wouldn't you want to do that over and over and over again? But without that big impact player there, he has to go elsewhere. And right now, the guys that are benefiting it uh, from it are Henry Waller, or excuse me, uh, Henry Ruggs, and Brian Edwards. And Derek Carr talked about that when I asked him about it earlier today. Absolutely, because everyone knows. Everyone knows in certain looks where I'm throwing the football, you know, and uh, and that's what happened in those first couple of days. I mean, when Darren's out there, we get a look. I'm checking play. I'm checking plays to get him the ball, you know, and uh, when he's not out there, I, I'm. It's fun for me and Gru because now I'm checking plays to get someone else a look. All right, you're one on one. You have to show us if you can do it. And I think we saw yesterday Henry step up big time, um, you know, on some on some. Uh, down the field type plays and even across the middle today, you know, um, you know, type plays. And then you saw Brian really today really step up. We know what Hunter can do. Um, and I think this is a good time because, you know, there's there's certain plays that Hunter will usually run or, Brian, you know, uh, Waller usually run. Well, now we're letting, you know, Willie run them. We're letting, uh, you know, Brian, we're letting Henry, uh, John Brown, you know, Zay's getting this, you know, Keelan Doss today down the pipe. You know, we're we're getting different guys, different looks, and it, it allows – more, more for me, it builds trust, but more for the evaluators to see what we have. Could that be a mental note that you put back there just in case down the road? Yes, absolutely. Because I'm not saying that in a weird way, but like it just I remember it, you know, and I remember that coverage, so I know he can make that play for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and if 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 he doesn't, I'm gonna give him another chance. If he doesn't, I'm give him another chance. And then I'm like, he's probably not gonna make that play for me. <laughs> you know, you know, and and that's in your head and. It's not like it's a, a bad thing because we, what Coach Gruden says, what we see on, you know, on the pra- on the practice film is what we expect in the game. So, um, you know, you definitely make those mental notes that okay, that's that's probably not the best matchup right now. I should probably go here to here, you know. So it definitely definitely stays there. That's Derek Carr talking about um, you know some some mental nuggets that he's uh, putting away, locking away, really. 
uh, from what he's seeing right now on the practice field. Some of those throws that he made uh, to um, Brian Edwards today where he was covered, uh, but but Derek Carr had the confidence in Brian Edwards that I'm going to throw it up there, and I know that you're going to come down with it because I believe that you're that good, and he has. He's been doing that. Uh, there was a play where he got held. Uh, Brian Edwards by the defender, um, and and uh, it, it kind of negated what could have been another big play. Uh, but the more Brian Edwards shows on the practice field, and I gotta pre- I gotta I gotta remind you or, or drive this point home too. It's not been bad coverage out there. That's you know, and I talked to Derek uh, about this earlier. There were a couple of um, there were a couple of instances where, and this wasn't by design. It was just where the play went. Uh, but I counted about three or four times uh, in in um, eleven on eleven, where Derek Carr went through his progressions. Everything was covered up tightly, and he had to tuck the ball away and run it. I mean, he's he he'd rather be throwing it. I can guarantee you that he'll run it when he needs to. Uh, but it wasn't because okay, this is a this is a, what, what we're trying to do here is go through my progressions and then take off and run. I'm gonna I'm gonna practice that right now. That wasn't it. Uh, the objective of those reps were to complete passes, but there was no passes to be <laughs> thrown because everything was covered up, which is a great sign uh, for the defense. It gets competitive out there, and the offense wants to succeed. The defense wants to succeed, and there were um, more than a few times where the defense won the rep. Uh, they had it covered up, and there were other times, and, and Derek Carr talked about this, there were other times where he had to fit it in there or challenge uh, and, and make a, a throw in a tight in tight quarters because the coverage was so good, um, You know, hoping that it was going to get completed, but having to deal with a defense that was defending it pretty darn well. It's not like um, you know he's throwing to wide open receivers. Now sometimes they scheme it up, and guys just break open free uh, because it's a great run and great design uh, play and does and and achieves the the uh, you know objective. But there's other times where the defense is right on it. Now you know um, it, just so that you don't get too excited and you think that this is going to be the '85 uh, Chicago Bears defense. You know they're scheming things against an offense that they know what's coming. So there's a little bit of an advantage in that regard. No doubt about it. But what I'm seeing from that defense more than, you know, we were seeing last year was guys being where they were supposed to be and defending plays pretty darn well uh, in, in pass cov and forcing Derek Carr and other quarterbacks to have to tuck it away and run it. There's also some times where it's just a, it's a sack. You know, it was covered up. Derek Carr got sacked. If, if, if it was live action, he would have either thrown it away or taken the sack. Or taking off and, and and running it, you're starting to see that more and more. But I guess my point is, uh, with Edwards, with Henry Waller, this isn't just a case where uh, Derek Carr is throwing to wide open wide receivers, and which you know at at this level should be fairly easy. Those guys are professional wide receivers. He's a professional quarterback. He puts it on the money. They're going to catch it. Yada yada yada. That's great if that happens in the game. That's what you want. But there are times where it's covered up and I still got to make this throw and you still got to make this catch. And you're seeing from both of those guys the ability uh, to go fight for the ball and go get it. And I think that's a great, great sign. And what that ultimately does is, in Derek Carr's mind, I know you're going to make a catch when it's wide open. But when you're making these type of catches in tight quarters uh, and I'm putting the ball where only you know you and maybe the other guy can get it, and you go fight for it and get it and make a great play. Yeah, I'm going to remember that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. 
interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Um, yeah, I didn't really know too much about him before I came here, but um, like I've mentioned before, uh, he's real cerebral. Um, Gruden just kind of gives him the keys and uh, allows him to go out there and you know make the necessary checks. Obviously, there's a specific play that goes in um, initially, but if there's a look that uh, Derek feels like uh, is advantageous to us making a big play, he's going to check it and get us into that play, and um, that's something I definitely admire about um, obviously his abilities. Um, aside from the physical, because he's a great quarterback, got a great arm. Um, I feel like he's definitely a sneaky athlete. A lot of people don't give him the respect that. I feel like he deserves with his legs. Uh, so, like I said, I'm continue to be impressed by him day in and day out, and uh, he's definitely helping me continue to mold me into this offense. So I'm excited. That's Kenyon Drake uh, today over at uh, Raiders uh, headquarters in Henderson after day six of training camp talking about Derek Cards. It's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I'm beyond the argument of whether Derek Carr is a sufficient enough quarterback uh, to get the Raiders to the playoffs. I'm firmly in the corner or of the opinion that put a good team around Derek Carr, he's going to get you to the playoffs, period, exclamation point. That should have happened last year, but guess what? The defense wasn't good enough. They weren't able to hold uh, three leads down the stretch, which would have had they. This would have been an 11-win team, and the Raiders would have been going to the playoffs, and Derek Carr would have been a playoff quarterback, yada, yada, yada. He led the Raiders to the playoffs in 2016. He's gotten better since 2016. So, yes, Derek Carr is fully capable of getting a good team to the playoffs. And it's just interesting to me. I said that because of what I'm about ready to say. It's kind of interesting. You know, you hear some of the people in Raider Nation and and elsewhere kind of um, you know, uh, talking down uh, about Derek Carr for whatever reason that they that they do that. But you talk to players around the league. Devontae Adams, who has made it very, very clear that if it doesn't work out with the Green Bay Packers, he probably wants to come to the Las Vegas Raiders. He's a pretty darn good wide receiver. Huh. I wonder why that is the case. You talked to John Brown yesterday, as we did. And he made no bones about it. Hey, I saw Derek Carr when we were playing him when I was with the Buffalo Bills, and I'm thinking, hmm, I could fit into this offense. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind being around here. Yes, uh, I want some of that. That's one of the reasons why he signed with the Raiders, to play with Derek Carr. He talked about it, what was it, yesterday I think it was? Kenyon Drake talking about uh, how impressed he's been with Derek Carr and had been previously. It's just funny to me that, you know, you have these and, – and they're not – just saying that, okay? I've never been in a situation where, let's say, if you asked, they're not going to just be talking glowingly if they don't feel it. That's not how it works in professional sports. They'll they'll talk around it. They'll, you know, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, however that you can politically correct, cor- uh, politically correctly kind of dog somebody, you're going to figure out a way to do that. Like if you're not feeling it and you don't want to just throw somebody under the bus, you'll figure out a way to say it and not really feel that guy or that teammate or whatever, uh, but doing it in a, in a kind of a classy way. Uh, but you, what you won't be doing is, is, is praising that dude is, is, you know, really speaking uh, up about that guy for Derek Carr. These newcomers that have come here have really talked about, him being one of the reasons why they're there. I forgot who the player was. I'm trying to think, um, and it'll come to me here in a second. 
But basically, it was the decision to come here was quarterback-driven. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. Here's the thing about Derek Carr. He throws the ball accurately, okay? He gets you the ball, and he usually throws a very catchable, beautiful ball that you're going to be able to do something with. If you're a wide receiver, you understand that, hey, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to get the rock, period. Derek Carr has shown that. Look at go go look at the box scores last year and look at how many wide receivers and how many targets he threw to. Yes, um, you know Darren Waller got the majority of targets. Duh, <laughs> he's the best player on the team offensively. Uh, but and and I know that there wasn't another wide receiver that was way up there in regards to targets. But there are a whole bunch of guys that got sufficient targets um, across the board. There were times in games where he threw it to nine, ten, eleven different players. Uh, because he knows how to distribute the ball, and he knows how to throw it accurately, and he knows how to, um, you know, uh, uh, get balls to to people in 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 situations where they're able to do something with it. So yeah, if you're on the other uh, line of the, uh, side of the sideline and you're watching Derek Carr and you're coming up with um, and you're you're coming up on free agency, you're thinking, huh? That, that, if I got to go someplace, I don't mind playing for this quarterback. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a really good friend uh, of mine and a good friend of the show, uh, Bill Williamson, who does a tremendous job uh, covering the Rams, the 49ers, the NFL, the, the uh, Raiders, of course. Uh, a, a great friend of our show, and uh, I know he's got some great insight on training camp so far. Bill Williamson, how you doing, my friend? Good, thanks for having me again. How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Trying to cool off from another hot yeah. day here uh, in Las Vegas, but you know that's 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 uh, it's it's where we've chosen to live, and uh, we have to deal with it. Uh, but a lot of great work uh, happening um, uh, out on the field here uh, at the uh, practice facility in Henderson. And by the way, if you want to follow Bill Williamson, you can at a at B Williamson NFL, and he covers the Raiders uh, for SB Nation. Um, so far, so good. It looks like uh, in Raiding, in Raiders camp, no team is perfect. Obviously, I know the Raiders are, you know, uh, trying to get to the next level. I think they're headed in the right direction. Uh, we'll see if they get where they want to get to this year. But so far, so good. I think anyway, from what we're seeing in training camp. Uh, what are your inil- uh, initial thoughts, Bill? Yeah, I mean, it's been seven days, and it's been a pretty clean seven days. For me, training camp is always about health, and, you know, we're seeing that in Indianapolis. So, you know, training camp practices, scrimmages, preseason games, it's all about health work, of course. But, you know, I think that every team is super excited right now, and, you know, every reporter is covering every place good plays happening. So I think there's a tendency to be a lot of optimism everywhere. That's why I don't really put a lot of stock in that. I put stock into health. And if, if they're good and they stay healthy, it's going to go a long way. Um, okay, when we're talking about the Raiders, I, I've contended that they, they scored enough points to get to the playoffs last year. Um, I don't see any reason why. Uh, they're not going to score enough points this year to do the same. They may even score. They may even be a better offense uh, this year than they were last year. We'll see uh, about that. It's always, to me, been on the other side uh, of the ball. Uh, I talked earlier, Bill. Um, you know, some of these, some of these throws that uh, 
that Carr's connecting to with Henry Ruggs and, and, and Brian Edwards, it's not like they're just running free and, in the, and they're playing catch out there. These are some contested balls where the defense is actually in a pretty darn good position to make plays. Trayvon Mullen, uh, Casey Hayward, uh, Damon Arnett uh, has been has been uh, nice uh, in coverage uh, a handful of times. Trayvon Morig has been. It's not like it's been easy pickings uh, out there. Uh, and I think that bodes well for the defense. Um, but for, from, from your perspective, where, where are you falling so far on, on what you're hearing, what you're seeing uh, about this young defense and the new defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley? Yeah, I mean, they're very, from what I understand, they're very impressed with Bradley's defense and the coaching and just they're, all, they're, all, they're in the right places. And, and that's a, a hell of a start, right? Um, I don't know if we could always say that last year. So they feel good that there's going to be just natural improvement on defense because of the coaching staff. And we see that happen across the league, that coaching can have a huge difference. So I think that's going to be a really good head start. And then, so, I mean, I, the three keys I see are Bradley, Yannick Ngagwe, and Trevon Mullerick. And, you know, so far so good on all three accounts. So if, if those two guys can stay healthy and the other guys can develop, you know, especially in the secondary, and Littleton can have a bounce-back uh, year and guys can stay healthy, um, maybe that defense can be to the point where it won't be a hindrance in getting in the Raiders' way um, to get to the playoffs, you know, getting in the offensive way, offensive way. I think health is a really big deal on this team. I know it is around the league, but I think this defense, key mem- they can't have key members on defense get hurt. And they have to have their offensive line stay healthy. I totally agree, and I think depth um, or the lack thereof reared its ugly head far too many times last year. Now, granted, um, it was kind of unprecedented with the Raiders and a lot of other teams uh, as well, but specifically, uh, you know, with the Raiders with COVID, with all the injuries, um, et cetera, et cetera. It really put pushed them to the limit in terms of their depth chart. I I lost track how many players played last year, but I I want to say it was in the 90s <laughs> that actually got some yeah. time last year, which is absurd. Um, you know, barring anything like that where at some point you just got to roll with whoever you got out there and try to do the best you can coach around it. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully for for the Raiders it doesn't get to that point this year, but I do think that they've that they that they've done a pretty decent job along the defensive line. Uh, in that secondary, uh, uh, in terms of creating some depth, creating some competition, uh, putting themselves in a position where uh, they're not going to be as vulnerable as they have in the past when they have to dip into their depth chart. Uh, but my concern, um, and, and until I see it, it's going to be a concern, is linebacker. Uh, I feel pretty good with Corey Littleton, Nick Morrow, and Nick Kwiatkowski in terms of uh, you know, Littleton bouncing back and Kwiatkowski, you know, pretty much staying put. He was fine last year. Uh, and Nick Morrow kind of continuing to, to grow up uh, before our very eyes. But behind them, uh, you know, Javin White, uh, Tanner Muse. None of these guys, neither of those guys uh, have played a whole lot in the NFL. Tanner Muse hasn't played at all. What's your level of concern um, about the linebacker depth? And what are you making of the move that Tanner Muse has been making uh, in training camp? Yeah, really interested to see what he can do in a preseason. Um, you know, there's going to be a big preseason for him, and I think it's um, I think it's really encouraging that he's had a strong first week because a lot of people maybe you know maybe kind of wrote him off a little bit after after one year of being injured, and um, and the Raiders kind of fueled fire to that speculation by 
drafting Divine Diablo, who on paper looks like a center player, and drafting him in the third round. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Divine Diablo doesn't get on the field soon because he's been dealing with injuries. That maybe he has the same kind of rookie that Tanner Muse has, and, and, and it's kind of redshirted. But I mean, that. But um, yeah, Tanner Muse is going to get a look. This program likes him. It seems like rest on him. So let's see what he can do. But you know, to answer you know to your original question on it, yeah, I wouldn't be a waiver wire scour position for the Raiders in, in late August and early September. Same with offensive line, we saw a little move today after the Sam Young retirement. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I think that. Uh, this preseason is going to be super important, uh, it, not just in terms for Tanner Muse, you know, solidifying some sort of a role uh, or Divine Diablo when he gets out there or, or, or Javin White, but also for the decision makers to get a real good look of what they actually do have uh, behind the starters. And, and and the thing about Tanner Muse that's really kind of striking me right now, watching him, uh, he moves fast. He's a good athlete. Um, he's got speed, uh, but he's every bit the six foot two, 230, 227 that he's listed. And the way they're utilizing him uh, right now, it makes a lot of sense to me why he would be the outside linebacker in the base defense because when you look at Enik Ngakwe, when you look at Max uh, Crosby, what are their two quote-unquote deficiencies? Well, run defense hasn't been exactly a strong point for either one of those players. So when you watch a guy that's big and physical uh, like like Tanner Muse or, or looks the part anyway, lining up to the right of uh, Max Crosby or to the left of Yannick Ngakwe, it makes a little bit of sense that they would put one of their bigger linebackers in that role, believing that he's going to be able to lend some run support. And then also, if the other team decides to throw the ball, can keep up with tight ends and and, and maybe a running back uh, out of the uh, out of the backfield. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think there's, there's uh, I think that is the kind of the, the quintessential definition of Gus Bradley's scheme. It's 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 looks, it's different packages, and that's what the Raiders kind of they drafted that way. They 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 got signed guys in free agent that way to kind of just to have counter for everything offensive coordinators are going to uh, offer them. And they, and they didn't quite have that last year. They didn't have as many tricks in their bag defensively last year, and it, and it really caught up to them, and it, and it caught up to them big time as the season wore out because offensive coordinators were not the bad defense. I think, you know, to, to your point, I think players are going to have just simply more defensive ammunition. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, we're talking to Bill Williamson, uh, does a great job covering uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the NFL uh, in general, and always has. Uh, uh, Bill, going to the other side uh, of, of the uh, football, uh, that offensive line uh, for the Raiders, obviously Rodney Hudson's no longer there. Fixtures uh, like Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, to some extent Trent Brown, although uh, it was iffy <laughs> regarding uh, Trent Brown, how many times he was actually going to go out there and play uh, a football yep. game. Um, but there is concern, no doubt about it, when you lose a, a guy like Rodney Hudson, when you lose a guy like um, like Gabe Jackson. But as I'm watching this offensive line kind of grow and, and prosper, uh, a couple of things are standing out uh, uh, to me. Uh, Andre James looks really comfortable uh, thus far uh, at center. We'll see what happens in the game. Uh, but also that combination of you know getting Richie Incognito back on the left side uh, at left guard, but also the combination of... 
uh, Denzel Good and John Simpson, who's making a real strong push here in training camp, right alongside um, uh, Alex Leatherwood. I have a feeling that that right side is going to be a little bit better off than some people might have thought, especially if John Simpson uh, can can continue the push. And it's not going unnoticed among among Raider uh, decision makers uh, what kind of shape he showed up in and what kind of progress he's made. Your thoughts on especially that right side of the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I think Simpson was drafted to kind of make a push this year. And so it's not surprising. I mean, it's the same guy they drafted. Last year, I don't think there was a. I don't wouldn't say his rookie year was disappointing. I mean, maybe he was a, a healthy scratch a few times, two or three times, I think, and that was not great, but it wasn't that big a deal, you know, because he was a, a he was the end of a line offensive lineman. So I think you know this is a guy that has, came from a great program in Clemson, huge guy, smart guy, good character guy. So why can't he become an NFL lineman? And maybe this is his opportunity. Um, overall, for the offensive line, I, I, I'm a little nervous just because you just don't get rid of those type of guys and, and snap your fingers and say, okay, it's going to be fine. You have to see it. You have to see the new guys come and play. I'm not saying they can't, but we have to see it. And in addition to that, I'm, you know, there's not much room for, not much margin for error with injuries on that offensive line. It's kind of thin. So, you know, Richie Anito, having him back is great, but he missed 14 games last year, and he's 38. And I'm not questioning him, but at the least seven, he missed 14 games. So there's just, you know, there's just a little, you just a little worry that these guys can all make it through. Because if not, and they have to plug in a couple guys, it might get a little hairy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think, you know, in, in, the Raiders haven't come out and said this, obviously. They'll let the whole thing play out. But I almost wonder if it's better off if John Simpson does take that job at right guard uh, because then you can move Denzel Good uh, to that super sub role where if Richie Incognito goes down, you got your you got your right guard uh, or left guard uh, or John Simpson. I also think Nick Martin uh, is somebody to keep an eye on. Um, he's too good of a football player to me not to make this team, and I think his – Flexibility between center and guard uh, leaves him in a in a good position to to be able to fill either of those roles uh, if it comes to that. And then when you look at Denzel Good, he can also play tackle for you. So um, he showed that yeah, in a backup role he could cover a bunch of different positions. And so maybe that depth doesn't become such an issue as long as John Simpson takes the reins at right guard. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I'm a good fan. I mean, I think he's really answered the bell every time he needed to. And, you know, I, I think they got him. I think he was kind of a street guy when they got him. So he's been a great addition. Um, yeah, I mean, more depth, the better at that at offensive line. I think you're right about Martin. I think Martin certainly makes the team. I think there's a little concern about the backup tackles. I think right now Brandon Parker makes the team, but I don't know if you feel great about that. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, waiver wire scouring on, you know, early September. I think the offensive line may be a position where they do that. And a lot of teams look for offensive linemen at every year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Bill Williamson, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, hope to see you at some games uh, this year. Uh, and uh, now that things are 
kind of starting getting back to uh, to, to normal. Uh, we're not quite there yet, and uh, we see that sometimes. We're trying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're getting there, Bill. We're getting there, Bill. And again, if you want to follow Bill Williamson at B Williamson NFL, uh, he covers the Las Vegas Raiders for Sports uh, SB Nation. Does a great job. Has been doing it for many, many years. Uh, go follow him. Uh, go read his stuff. He's always on top of everything. Bill, thanks so much for spending some time with us in a huddle. Uh, we will talk to you down the road. Vinny, take care. Thanks, man. Okay, you too. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bader. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Yeah, he's slowly been progressing, um, you know, um, since he's, you know, been off. But uh, he looks good. He looks powerful. That's the one thing I, I say about Brian. He runs very powerful routes. Um, he's powerful, at, you know, top of his break point. And then when he goes to catch the ball, he snatches it away. And uh, so, you know, he's just a baller. I- I've known him since, you know, we were kids, and he's always been that way. And so hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy and have a great year this year, and y'all all and the rest of the uh, world can kind of see what I've, I've seen. Yeah, on another level, I think. Uh... That is uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, Raiders' third-year wide receiver, talking about his good friend, childhood friend. These guys go way back. Uh, in South Carolina, um, Brian Edwards. Uh, now, granted, they went to opposing schools. It doesn't get more opposing. Even though they're in completely different conferences, South Carolina is in the SEC. Uh, Clemson is in uh, the ACC. But those are the state rivals. Those are two South Carolina schools. Uh, it's it's Everybody knows each other, all the players that, uh, that you know, live in and around uh, the South Carolina area, one, you know, it's it's a civil war down there. And so for those two guys growing up in what what's really kind of a smaller town to end up going uh, to prominence at South Carolina, as Brian Edwards did, and we all obviously saw what Hunter Renfro did uh, at Clemson, uh, it, it's a cool story for that for that town in South Carolina. And for them to both then end up with the Raiders, what are the odds? Uh, but here they are, and when you look at that wide receiver room, uh, and specifically the three starters right now, which is Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, and of course you got to throw eighty three in there, Darren Waller at tight end. It's it's a it's a group that truly complements each other. Brian Edwards is the big physical. Uh, throw it up there. I'll go get it. I'm going to go get the ball. Don't worry about if I'm defended. Uh, I'm going to beat that guy. I'll beat the smaller defensive back. I'll go up over him. I'll box him out like a basketball player on a rebound. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll grab it uh, and come down with it. Uh, he's got that strength. He's got that size. He's also got um, surprising speed for a man his side, so don't sleep on the speed aspect of it all. Uh, but then you have, obviously, Henry Ruggs, who – looks bigger and stronger in a good way, uh, explosive. He just looks like that dude that if he ever gets uncorked the way it's possible for him to get get uncorked, there's going to be some spectacular games for him where he just makes some electrify, uh, electrifying plays, uh, being able to take it the ha- to the house from any point on the field, whether you go over the top uh, with him where he beats you with his speed or just get the ball to him in space uh, and let him do his thing. I've been watching Henry Ruggs, and the dude just glides, like literally glides. There's speed. And then there's like electrifying speed and quickness. And, you know, talking to Mike Mayock uh, during the offseason about Henry needing to get stronger to be able to be more explosive in a way that allows him to use that speed in a way that truly challenges uh, defenders. Uh, 
and you know you, you hear Derek Carr talking about the violent way that he's running now, the violent way uh, that he's running his routes uh, and getting out of his breaks and just putting the fear of God are into the opposing defender because they got to deal with that speed or else he'll make you look silly. Then you've got Hunter Renfro, uh, and we're going to hear from Brian Edwards talking about his good friend Hunter Renfro here in just a second. But, you know, I go back to my Rams coverage day, and there was a guy by the name of Cooper Cup uh, with the Rams who just put on a show, like from day one, literally, with route running, footwork, uh, being able to come up with the ball, surprising speed, even though he's not a speedster. Hunter Renfro is very much like Cooper Cup. He's not as big as Cooper Cup is. You stand by Cooper Cup, you see that he's a he's a good six foot one put together uh, athlete. Uh, not the fastest guy. Neither is is Hunter Renfro. But they sure do have an uncanny way of being able to get to the ball. Uh, you know, Derek Carr spoke about uh, Hunter earlier today and talking about how. You know, they have this connection with their eyes where if a play is broken or everything's covered and they're able to kind of glance at each other and understand where you need to go, where Hunter Runfro needs to go. And Derek Carr knows he knows and is able to throw the ball up uh, because he knows that Hunter is going to go find it. And there was, uh, you know, the way he described it was in a game a couple of years ago, might have been last year, where he threw it up. And Hunter Renfro all of a sudden became, you know, uh, Hussein Bolt and was able to run as fast as he could and blow by like two or three guys because he knew where that ball was going to be. So somehow, some way, he finds the speed. He finds a way to get open. He doesn't get beat twice. Uh, he's prideful. Uh, if you get him one time, and Derek talked about this today with Trevon Morg, uh, run, you know, uh, rushing the route and coming up with a nice, uh, uh, not he didn't get the interception, but he knocked the ball away on a play that Derek Carr said, I usually could get a rookie on that play every time, any time I want. If that's a rookie safety, that's a play that they don't normally understand. They don't grasp. It's easy pickings. And Trevon Morig made an intelligent, smart, athletic play uh, to go break it up. But what Derek Carr also said is, if I'm Trevon Morig, I'm not sleeping too easy tonight because Hunter Renfro is going to remember that. And he's probably going to burn <laughs> Trevon Morig uh, the next three times that, that they're uh, faced with each other because he's got that kind of a pride. But you look, and then, of course, you got Darren Waller, uh, just everything that he does, the size, the speed, the athletic ability. Uh, just a tremendous athlete, um, can gallop, is tough, can block, uh, can run through tackles. He's got he's the whole package. You put that all together as a collective group, and it's a pretty intriguing group. And I think that you're as the the more Brian Edwards grows up, the more Henry Ruggs grows up, uh, the more Hunter Renfro just does what he does, and obviously Darren Waller. Uh, the more you can envision this wide receiver group, this weapon group, being you know, an upper echelon NFL wide receiver group. And I include Darren Waller in there as a wide receiver. Now here's uh, Brian Edwards talking about Hunter Renfro. Hunter is a guy that since I met him, since I've known him, you know, high school, dude's just been tough. You know, you could put anything on his plate, he's going to handle it with ease. And he's going to make it look easy. And, he, you know, he's going to be a guy. He He's not looking for attention. He's not looking for none of that. He's just going to come out here and be a dog, and that's what he is, man, a true dog. That's Brian Edwards talking about Hunter Renfro, talking about him being a, a, a true dog in the best sense of the word. And the more you watch Hunter Renfro, uh, the more you understand what a great football player this guy is. 
Forget about the size. Uh, forget about the speed. Um, he looks like a guy that you know might be pumping gas uh, or working at the convenience store. I'm, 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 I'm being straight up, and he would be the first to tell you that. He looks like a guy, you know, that uh, that might be, you know, uh, teaching history uh, at the local high school. He doesn't look like an NFL player, I guess, is what I'm saying. But don't be deceived by the looks. And you go through the history of football and sports. There's guys that just. Forget what they look like. Forget what they run like. Whatever, he makes plays, and uh, when the ball is in his hands, you just watch him on punt returns and things like that. I sometimes worry for him because he is so small, and the Raiders need him so desperately as a wide receiver. Do you take the chance of putting it, you know, him back there on punts because it can be a violent type of a situation? But geez, even in that situation, he makes that first dude miss. Uh, and is going to get 12, 14, 15 extra yards for you. Last year, he got a, a punt return that went for a touchdown taken away because of a holding penalty, but he's got that capability uh, as well. He's just been a playmaker, and you talk to Brian Edwards, you talk to people that watched Hunter back in youth football, high school football, and obviously what he did at Clemson. Uh, he's just a guy that surprises you because he's that good, and after a while, you just get used to it and accustomed to it. And as Derek Carr is finding, you start relying on it. That's a go-to wide receiver uh, for Derek Carr. And you can see that in practice. When things break down, he's looking for Hunter Renfro. And more often than not, when he throws it in his direction, good things happen. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador.